Hey, hey, this is Megan, and you're listening to the Salesy Podcast. This is a podcast for a modern business owner where you will learn how to build your business while staying true to yourself at the same time. As a sales expert of the last eight years and an online business owner, I am here to teach you tangible sales techniques rooted in psychology and human behavior. Get your earbuds on and your salesy notebook out and let's get started today. Welcome back. So today we are actually going to talk about one of the most asked questions that I get from early stage entrepreneurs, and it goes in kind of two veins. The first vein is, I really want to know what do I need to do to start signing those high ticket clients, the people who are going to pay me my value. And on the other side of it, it is why am I struggling to sign clients? So today we are going to dive deep into why you're struggling to sign clients how to change that, and hopefully get off this podcast and see some action. So before we dive into strategy, I really want to take a moment for the mindset of ideal client because starting an online business, most of the time you're like, I want a step-by-step process. I want strategy. I just want to know how to do it. I want to just keep growing and those types of things. And in reality, strategy is just the direction that you're heading where mindset is really the fuel behind it. And so thinking of these as not one or the other or mutually exclusive, like they used to say in math and thinking about it going together, your ideal client is an imperfect person. It is not a perfect person who has no problems whatsoever. And so thinking about ideal clients as the most suitable for your services and not the perfect fit for your service can help so much when you are signing clients. Now, most people struggle with niching down because they're scared. They're like, if I niche down, it's going to be limiting. We have learned as a society that, you know, more options is better. And when it comes to these things, you have to have that clarity of who you help, why you help them, what sets you apart in the market, what specific problems that they're having and why they're having those problems so that you can be able to go out and find them. A really easy, just quick journaling exercise or just mental exercise that you can run through is listing out all the problems that your current ideal client has, all the solutions that they're seeking and how you help them. Because this allows you to start being able to focus on that because On a neurological level, our brains focus on what we give attention to. And if we are giving attention to something very broad, say looking for female entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs are ideal clients and that's what we're looking for, of course, we're going to find female entrepreneurs. But if you start looking for female entrepreneurs who struggle to sign high ticket clients, want to start an online business and really want to hone in on the really skill that is sales, sales is a skill, then you're going to start finding people who they're female entrepreneurs, maybe they're struggling to sign clients. And in reality, they are trying to sell, but not really thinking about that and niching down to that will help you so much because again, what you focus on gives your attention. So if you are somebody who you started an online business and you are struggling to sign clients and you're wondering where those high ticket paying clients are, the first thing to consider is your messaging. Now, when I say messaging, most of the time we're like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board. I need to completely redo my website, redo all my Instagram posts because obviously my messaging is off. And I don't mean that you need to scrap everything that you're doing because as you're doing stuff, you are learning more and growing more. What I mean by this is that you really need to focus in on what they're struggling with 
why they're struggling with that, how is that holding them back, and how do you solve it for them? And instead of thinking that it has to be witty and funny and new every single time, really lean into using the Kaizen principle. For everybody who hasn't read The Compound Effect, that is leaning into the principle of getting 1% better and really refining this message. So when it comes to refining that message to sign clients, you have to think about the ideal client. Again, we're going to go over and over and over and talk about this, but who are they? What problems are they having? Why are they stuck? And how do you help them goes a lot further than most people realize. Because if I am scrolling through Instagram and you are talking about three ways to improve my life, I'm going to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to save this like I do with everything else on a Pinterest board, but I'm not really going to take any action from that. Now, if I was scrolling through Instagram and you were talking about three ways to tell that my life is not in alignment or that, you know, my habits aren't productive or something like that, that is going to be a little bit more impactful. And so thinking about that messaging and really leaning into like, what is the core problem my ideal client is having? And with that specific core problem, how can I continue to talk about it? in a way that allows them to bring awareness to it. Because what we give focus to, we give our attention to. And so thinking about our ideal client, what is that one thing that if we solve for them then and there, that they would be like, okay, this will help me get to the next thing. This will help me do those types of things. Because at the end of the day, it is not as much about what's on the other side. We focus very heavily on like, what's the end result? What's on the other side? What's the after and a before and after situation? You have to focus in the beginning about what's the problem that they're doing. And with that specifically, how can we really bring attention to the problem without bringing shame? Now, I always address this when we talk about problem awareness content, because it is very easy to fall in a shame spiral and really kind of guilt trip your ideal client without realizing it. And so thinking about less of like, oh, you're doing this wrong. Oh, this is a mistake you're making and thinking more about what are the things that are holding them back using that languaging of being held back and then understanding what is on the other side. Now, the second piece to this is after you have refined your messaging, most of the time as entrepreneurs, we have a build it income mentality. So we build the website, we build the Instagram, we build the perfect program, and we just think that we're going to open up the doors and it is going to be people rushing to the gate to buying our services. What neglects this idea is the brand awareness that is built over time with a lot of these companies that are doing that and the just awareness of you. And so as we have refined our messaging and we have really nailed down what the problems are having and speaking to that problem, the second piece is is that brand awareness comes from building your brand. Now, there are two pieces to build your brand. And a lot of times we just want that TikTok to go viral and we want to have that opportunity to just continue and be like, hey, this one thing goes viral and then I'm going to get all these followers. And then when I have all these followers, I'm going to have all these buyers. And that is a logical process that most people will think through. However, the other side of that is instead of thinking about how can I go viral? What are the things that need to go viral? Think about it this way. How can I build a community that supports the same values that I have? And in addition to that, how does this community play into creating brand awareness? 
Because with virability, you create a community. You have a piece that goes viral, and then there are other people who are aligned with that idea. And because they're aligned with that idea, it allows them to say, okay, I'm buying into this person, this idea, and this service versus going out and finding them. Now, most people are going to give the common excuses. I'm not very likable. I'm not good at having conversations. And why would anybody care about me when I don't have a large following? I don't have large influence in those types of things. And you have to remember that you are more likable than you actually realize because likability just comes from being genuine. Our limbic brains, which is the center for emotional capacity, just picks up on genuine. It doesn't make that snap decision of like, oh, because this person has this trait, they're not likable. It's more of like, okay, think about it like a lie detector. Does this person feel genuine? And if they feel genuine, you are more likable. The second piece is is conversation skills come from practice. And so if you are somebody who is struggling with it and you're just sitting here and you're like, hey, I don't really conversate very well. I don't have those conversations. That is the reason why you should be going out. And so with your business, really connecting not only online, not only with people on Instagram, finding them, following them, doing typical lead gen and engagement strategies, but the other piece of that is doing it in person. Now, I know when I say this, so many of you were like, well, I just have a small business. And just because I have a small business, it isn't going to grow the way that I want it to grow because it's just a small business. And in reality, taking that first step is a lot farther than most people do. For me, I waited two years before I started an online business. I read, you know, four hour work week and I was like, I have no clue what this is and I have no clue how to do it because I was in an employee mentality and I just like literally donated it like two weeks later. Two years later now, I've had to buy another copy because, you know, we've moved into entrepreneurship. And so really thinking about instead of waiting for people who come to you, really going out there and finding it and finding those people inside of your community that are going to support you and grow with you both online and in person. Now, the bonus tip I will give you guys as you're moving in person is that when somebody asks you what you do, be very clear on what you do. So instead of saying, oh, I own a small business or, oh, I work for myself or, oh, I work from home, you know, those words can be very detrimental. It can just be detrimental when you say, oh, I just own a small business, even though a small business is one of the biggest things you can do. Or, oh, I just work for myself, even though that is a big thing that you can do. And so thinking about it from that standpoint, really hone into like, who are you? Oh, give it a second. We have a little podcast glitch there. So we're going to go back. So thinking about small business and small business ownership, you know, most people actually really crave to own a small business and to really move in that direction. I mean, there is so many people who played with the idea before they did it. And so instead of saying, I work online, I work for myself, I own just a small business, really lean into like, who are you? Who do you help? And is that person in front of you either somebody that you can help or Do they know somebody that you can help? And so for me, one of the biggest shifts to find more clients and to really come out in person is one, start telling people what you do, start sharing your message. So before I was like, oh, I work for myself. And then I would just tell people I'm an online coach. Now, when people ask me what I do, I tell people I'm an online business coach. I help female entrepreneurs start and grow six-figure businesses online. 
that is way more powerful than just saying, well, I just own a small business. Because the thing is, is as you're building this community, you are building networks and those networks allow you to really tap into all the people that other person knows, which allows you to spread and champion your message. So as you're building it, they will come, but it doesn't have to lean into build it and then they will come because most people starting out don't have a large influence unless you were an influencer beforehand. They don't have a large audience. And to be honest, they really don't know a lot of people who are in the same space as them. I know when I started as an entrepreneur, before I made friends online, I knew like nobody, absolutely nobody. And now I'm like, okay, I know a lot more people than I did. And you get the benefit of connecting people. Now, the third thing to really lean into, which this is going to be the biggest piece of the podcast. So if you haven't gotten a notebook, a pencil, paper out, this is where we really need to lean in and really think about it. But the reason why you are struggling to sign clients is because you are not actively selling and asking for the sale. And what I mean by that is that you are really leaning in and waiting for people to ask about your services. You are leaning into the build it and they will come. A lot of times we can call this attraction based marketing, but what is being neglected is the opportunity that you are an expert. And because you are an expert, it allows you to be able to tell people and show them how they can fix their problems. So this is typically the first thing that we cover inside of one of my programs, which is Scale to 5K. It is my signature 90-day mini mind that allows you to go from wherever you are to consistent 5K cash months. And the first thing that we cover after ideal client, after getting some messaging down, is lead generation and understanding the role that it plays inside your sales process. So I want you guys to imagine a funnel, you know, your standard white funnel, either in science class or in kitchen or your mom had one and imagine that funnel. Your business is a funnel. And what I mean by that is that you are constantly pouring stuff in at the top with the goal to convert them at the bottom. And a lot of people neglect to fill the top of their funnel because they're just focusing on getting a couple of people through because they don't want to play a numbers game, because they don't want to view sales as a number game because it feels slimy, icky, and sleazy. And the thing that a lot of times we don't consider is that you do have to have enough people going through your funnel to understand, is it the quality of client that you're trying to sign that maybe it's not aligning with? Is it the message? that you're attaching to that maybe it's not going the way you need to? Is it something as simple as like your conversion doesn't happen because you aren't asking for the sale? And because you aren't asking for the sale, that is where you're struggling. Because if we go back to our funnel, it allows us to objectively view where we should be asking for the sale, where we should be really leaning into this idea of, okay, I'm not going to wait for people to ask about my services. I'm going to start talking about my services consistently eight to 20 times like the average consumer needs. And then in addition to that, on a micro level, I'm going to start tracking who is interested in my services, where they are in the buying process, and what is going on with that. So if we go back to the image of the funnel, a lot of times starting out, we don't have any leads. We don't have anything to pour into the top of that funnel. And it gets really frustrating because you're like, what do I have to do? Do I have to go in Facebook groups? Do I have to like pitch every person that comes into my DMs? Do I have to go through someone's following and follow every single person and DM them and say, hey, do you need an online coach? Do you need a virtual assistant? Uh, fun fact, that's what I did when I was a social media manager before I learned how to sign clients and it's not a sales strategy. It's, it's just like a game you're playing. And so thinking about that, 
we tie back into our lead generation and really thinking about, okay, on a daily basis, I need to be touching, you know, daily Monday through Friday, I need to be finding at least five to 10 new leads, putting them on a lead tracker. So really building out that community, like we've talked about. In the second piece of that, though, I need to start tracking where they're getting in that funnel. So where they are starting, and what is the end results with that. Now, every time I talk about lead, like lead time, the average lead time, I just get like a bunch of eye rolls and groans. Hear me out, guys. Lead time actually is beneficial to you to start tracking because you can understand where somebody enters in your funnel, becomes aware of you or where you become aware of them and how long on average it takes them, which allows you to start being able to project things and to be able to say, okay, if I have a launch coming up and my average lead time for launch is 90 days, then I need to start doing my lead gen, finding these people filling this list 90 days before that. Now that we've like discovered that and we're thinking about that, the other pieces is, like I said, selling. So you should be talking about your offer every single day, but not in the standard way that we talk about it in the online space where it's like, talk about the transformation, go over the transformation, 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 transformation. Because when it comes to transformation, there are only a handful of people who fully buy from transformation. There are other pieces through that. And so thinking about what is my offer holistically in a huge, like really a holistic thought. And then from there, how do I take it and break it down into digestible pieces as I'm selling it every single day? Now, the three things you always want to tie into if you're working with female entrepreneurs is you always want to tie into a sense of community. We love to know that we're buying into something bigger that backs our values as humans. You want to show social proof. Here's the thing is that as we continue to grow in the online space, we want to know social proof. We want to know that the dreams that we have and that we tell other people aren't that crazy. And the other piece of it is not external urgency. So not cart closing, those types of things, but internal urgency. When I say internal urgency, I'm talking about really empowering people to know that like what you want to change, you can change in your life. It just comes down to you. This is also why we use the languaging around, you know, only you will know that you're ready. There's never perfect timing. Things don't line up, those types of things. But that internal urgency is basically leaning into motivation for change theory, which motivation for change theory says that like you have to contemplate change before you take the steps of change. So they have to be in that place of contemplation to move in it. But it is very empowering to let people know that like you can change pretty much any situation that you want when you make that change. Now on the other side of it is most people are scared to ask for the sale. And this comes from two really big things. The fear of failure, because failure is terrifying when you're starting out. It is so scary to be like, I am going to openly fail. And because I'm openly going to fail, like, am I going to lose my house, my dog, and my kids? Which I don't have a house or kids, but same thought process. And the other part is fear of rejection. Because rejection in a business setting is not just rejection of your service and offers. In the beginning, it's rejection of us what we have to offer, who we are, and those types of things. And the easiest way that you can separate them is understand that failure is not a destination. You don't do a bunch of wrong things and then end up to it. It is just a state of being. It is just you trying something and it not working out. And the more comfortable you can get failing in a place that's not your business, the more comfortable you can fail in your business. So for me... I like to go to yoga. 
If you don't know this about me, I love to go to hot yoga. I love a good vinyasa flow in a 95, 100 degree room. There's something just peaceful and serenic about that. For me, starting out in my online business, going to yoga was the place where I could push myself, but I could also feel safe failing. So that when it came to making big business decisions, I was comfortable because I got used to failing in the yoga studio, trying again, pepping myself up and doing it. And for you, that may be different. For you, that could be a different physical exercise. It could be a different hobby that you have. It is just the idea of getting comfortable with failure because publicly failing isn't the end of the world. It is not. And if I were to sit down with myself two years ago and be like, Hey, you're going to make some huge public failures. I would have been like, Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. Knowing what I know now, I'm like, it's okay because it tells you what you wanted maybe wasn't actually what you needed. And so thinking about in that vein, Now, when it comes to fear of rejection, there is no magical solution. There is no yoga class that can help with rejection. You just have to remove it from yourself. So I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was talking about really the mentality of the military. And the military mentality is it's not about you. And when you are selling and you are doing these things, it is so easy to get hung up on what do I need to say? How do I need to close this client? What do I need to do? And in reality, it's not about you. And so if they say no, after you have pitched them, it's not about you. It really isn't about you and what has happened and those types of things. It is about them and their situation and how this situation relates to their goals. Thinking about that allows you to remove yourself from it because the goal of online entrepreneurship is obviously to create safety inside of our businesses. In reality, after that, it is to really honor the people who have gone before us, the women who have fought for our rights to vote and to work and to continue to do that. And so thinking less about, okay, if I don't sign this client, what's going to happen? Or if this client says no to me and really thinking about what does this person need to move forward in their business? And by them moving forward, how can I help them? Even if it's not my specific program or my specific thing that I'm offering will go a lot farther because as they always say, you miss a hundred percent of hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and most people are so scared to hear the word no because they make it so much about them that you don't start pitching. And if you are somebody who you have a bunch of people who you need to pitch, you can just be honest. You can say, "Hey, I've had you on a lead tracker for a while. I would love to open up the conversation of the service or program and see where you're at." Because sales is just communication. There's that word again. It's just communication. It is not as big as we make it out to be. And as Warren Buffett always says, if you want to improve your net worth by 50%, learn to communicate better. If you want to sign more clients, really lean into that communication and that messaging and building that community and understanding that it truly comes down to what you have to offer in relation to them and their goals and less about like, what am I going to get? How am I going to gain out of this? So as always, see you guys later. If you have loved today's podcast episode, go ahead and take a moment to rate and review on whatever you choose as your platform to listen. 
rating and reviews help us not only be able to serve you deeper, but to bring more people in to learn more about sales. If you ever want to check out the behind the scenes, go down to the show notes. My Instagram is always linked and I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Salesy.